But when God connects your hearts across nations, you know, the whole point of this church was never to be a church that existed just for ourselves, just for our community, but a church that actually believed in God calling us to nations, to disciple nations. And when you go into churches like this and you see God's built something amazing, but He connects you on a heart level. It's not just about going and preaching and performing and, you know, doing worship stuff, doing preaching stuff. It's actually about building family for life. Yeah. And I believe in that. I literally laid down my life for that. And I remember on the Monday after that encounter on the bench, I could call it the bench encounter, it totally revolutionized our lives. Because what we saw was God coming down and touching the hearts of His people, you know, and stirring that up with a prophetic call, a prophetic uh, mantle upon the church there. But to see the encouragement that they received from us, I mean, they loved this guy. Uh, he was like a, a celebrity of the town. You know, they just embraced him. But one of the things that I learned is, wow, we, when we go to bless a country, bless a church, what happens is we come back more blessed. Yeah. But we saw something, we got stirred. And these guys just have faith. You know, they, they just believe God for great things. You know, so they trust in God to see uh, Northern Ireland set free, set alive with Jesus. And I just think we can learn a lot. And they're going to be traveling over here. We'll be taking teams over there. We're going to grow this thing and build a long-term relationship. Because, like I said, I'm not just building for there. But we're already starting to talk, just so you know. um, So be prepared about planting into Europe. So we're saying, what would it look like if two churches together across nations looked further afield and said, what would it look like if we planted in Latvia? They already have the contacts there. What if we actually shared resources, shared leadership, shared heart, and actually sent his bride into these places? Yeah. So those kinds of conversations are already <coughs> starting to kindle. And I want to tell you something, that if you want to be part of this church, be at the partnership course. Yeah. Do not miss that Come course, <laughs> right? Because you need to be there or be square. Because that is going to be the time where you get the heart and the DNA of this church. But the reason that I'm so strong on this is because I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste your time. You spend months getting to know everyone here. Then suddenly we hit an issue and you're like, man, I can't live with that. Well, you know, let's just lay it down at the beginning and say, let's, if we're going to commit to this thing, let's build for life. Yeah. Let's actually do this thing and transform the world. Because I genuinely believe we can do that. Amen. Amen. Come on now. Guys, I missed you guys because the responsiveness of this church, you know, I feed off it. But there it was a bit quiet. So we had to get the Irish, you know, actually speaking. But it was, so I'm I'm glad to be back. But we need to learn to go with the flow as a church. Because God's going to do some amazing things here. Amen. Amen. Come on. So, you guys ready? Ready to get into the word? Luke chapter 14. If you want to turn in your Bibles there. Luke 14, verse 25. Uh, if you're new today, uh, I must warn you, put on a seatbelt because this could get a little rough. Um, yeah, there might be a little turbulence. Luke 14, 25. Everyone else knows what that means and they're scared. No. Luke 14, 25. I'm loving the sound of pages, more pages moving. You know, the Lord is working in the 21st century. Uh, so Luke 14:25. large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate, can you say hate? hate. hate. Okay. Can we all say it like we heard that? Can we say hate? hate. hate. Yeah, we just said hate in church. What's going on? <laughs> if anyone does not hate his father and mother, <coughs> his wife and children, his brother's and sisters, that's not a hard one, 
Yes, even his own life. Can you say my own life? My own life. He cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross, can you say my cross? My cross. And follow me cannot be my disciple. (coughs) Suppose one of you wants to build a tower, will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Well, suppose a king is going to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he's able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he'll send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything. Can you say everything? Everything. How much? Everything. I don't know about you. That's a lot. My Xbox? My bank account, my business, my job, everything he has cannot be my disciple. Man, I need to pray. (coughs) Father, we pray that this word would pierce our hearts, convict our hearts, call our hearts to everything that you have for us. Lord, anoint the words of my mouth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 I don't know about you, but those verses there are some of the most challenging verses in the New Testament. Some of the most challenging. It's not a good way to build a church. It's like if, if, (laughs) I just think of the amount of guests we have to have, like, oh man, why this one, Lord? You know, this is like the, let's, you know, tame it down a little bit. And actually, what I've learned is we just want to hear the truth. I'm tired of being in a culture where we can't speak the truth anymore. We have to, you know, just try and make sure, molly cuddle everyone, make sure everyone's okay and that we don't offend anyone. Jesus came from the Father full of grace and truth. So we come in a spirit of grace, but we need to speak truth. We cannot compromise on truth or else, what is the church for? What is the point? You look around you, the world is crying out for something that is true. We don't know what's true anymore. You don't know what's true in vaccinations. You don't know what's true in Brexit. You don't know what's true in society because there's so much misinformation. There is one place where truth will remain the same and it's in the gospel. It's in Jesus Christ. And we carry that as the people of God. And I wanted to stir you up today. I'm going to challenge you to respond to the word today and say amen, even if you don't want to say amen, because the reality is you need to give up everything. Not just some things. What, what will they think about me if I say amen? Who cares? Give it up. Yeah. Come on. We're going to do this. But have you, any of you ever started something and you've just not finished it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Who are like the pros at this? Come on. I, I, I can just see you know, people looking at people that they know and say, wow, that person, I know someone like that. Now, I, I won't lie. I'm one of those people. I'm, I'm a starter. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. Brad's known me a long time. But I've started a lot of things in my life. One of the things I started um, when I was younger, it was my first, no, not my first business, but one of my like, first ones, I was going to go big. I was going to make it big. And that was selling sour milk in South Africa. Mm. It's called Mars. You, you let the milk go off. Um, but I didn't realize you, there's actually a process to it. So I just put the milk in the sun and let it just literally turn into lumps. And you sell it to people and they love it. Seriously, that's a South African product. But my cousin had a farm. He had cows. 
And I thought, I'm going to go big. So I went and I ordered these bottle container things. I thought, I'm just going to order like 100. So I rock back home. I've got 100 of these big bottles. And my mate who I was living with, he's like, what are those? I said, we're going to be rich. But right here, we've got this. What didn't factor in was the transportation of the milk from my cousin's farm an hour and a half away and the milk spilling in my car. And if any of you have smelled milk that's in a car, it's like Eden's car with marijuana. It just smells. <laughs> just to put out a little thing there, Eden doesn't smoke marijuana. It's for people that owned it before. That's the story he told us in these. But, um, you know, here's the thing. I love you, bro. Uh, it's when my mask business didn't end up well, and the reason was, I hadn't thought it through properly. I hadn't counted the cost of driving a car that smelled like poop. It didn't work well. Yeah. Then I had all these other ideas. I mean, anyone who knows me and has lived in my house or been at a dinner table with me, I'll think of an idea like this. I'll be like, let's do it. Okay, let's dream big. Let's make it. But the thing that I'm starting to do as I get older, because I've just crossed the big 3-0, is I've started to consider the cost yeah. up front and realize I'm not going to start something haphazardly anymore until I've really counted that cost. Because here's the deal. is so much of Christianity can be about getting you through the front door and saying, hey, put up your hand for Jesus, give your life to Christ, and everything's going to be okay. The reality, the truth, is that it's not always going to work that way. You put your hand up for Jesus, most likely all hell's going to break loose. I've seen it time and time again. Anyone who's done a few years with Christ, you go to a trip in Ireland, when you get back, you'll face opposition. Yeah. <coughs> it's just the nature of the game. Why? Because when you want to follow Christ, do you think the enemy is there just saying, hey, hooray, hallelujah, let them go? No. He's going to do everything to detract, distract, yeah. and destroy yeah. you because he is the enemy of yeah. your life. Yeah. And when Jesus comes here, he's like, guys, I'm laying it all out right at the beginning. I'm, I'm just going to put it there. You, you know, when people are getting married, uh, Luke and Emma, is mm. when they get married, one of the things we do in premarital is we want to try and make it as real as possible. Yeah. Like, it's not all going to be roses. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, except for our marriage, this is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, we sing Kumbaya all the time. I mean, like Ian said, you know, divine energy all the time. No, it's not like that. We have to work through stuff. Why? Because there's a cost. But we've decided to pay that cost. And my question to you today is, do you want to just be a believer or do you want to be a disciple of Christ? Do you want to actually say, Lord, I want my life to follow you, to count for something greater than myself. And I'm willing to lay down that price. I'm willing to pay that cost. Because anyone been to Fort Aventura, the Canary Islands, here, yeah, anybody? When you go to Fort Aventura, one of the things I was shocked by is how many half-built houses there were. Where all the foundations have been laid, the things are up, and there's no finished houses. I'm like, not, not none, but like, so many of them overlooking the ocean. Now, what happened? People went bankrupt because they didn't count the cost properly. <coughs> and my question to you is, are you going to get to the end of your life just with a half-built house, and God's going to look and say, what is that? Did you just think, I'm just going to go half in here, half out? Or are you going to say, hey, I'm all in. I'm jumping into this thing because I want my life to count for something more than myself. We've yeah. been talking about mission and the heart of Jesus right here is before the parable of the lost sheep and the 
the last son, which we all love, is he talks about the cost of being a follower. Because the true message of the lost son is having someone that is sent by the Father to reach out to him. And unless we as the people of God realize and align our lives to his kingdom, we're never going to reach the city. I'm tired of this mentality that we need to bring people to church that they get saved, which I love and it's wonderful. But what about Jesus getting in you so you can go into the world and reach the world? This thing's only going to multiply when you realize you're a son, a daughter of God, and you can change history. Yeah. Every single one of you. Amen. You put your life in Christ's hands, He can do amazing things. Yeah. You know, I love doing when we're in, uh, there are many things. But on the last night, we're having uh, Italian, whatever it was, and we're at the restaurant. This random guy starts talking to us, and he just starts telling us about his drugs. I'm like, do I look like a drug addict? I must, I think it was Eden, you know. <laughs> and he looked at Eden, he's like, I've got to tell them. No, it's like this guy starts, the manager of the restaurant, hey. He starts opening up about his drugs. He's like, do you guys, he's like, this drug, I'm like, okay, this is strange. And um, I mean, it's not a thing a restaurant manager would generally come and talk to you about. But sometimes when God's got you on mission, something attracts and draws people in. It's strange. When you go, God arrives. Yeah. Amazing. And I was sitting there, I'm thinking, okay, this is interesting. And then he just asks us the, the classic question, uh, what about you guys? Uh, what drugs? Do you do any drugs? <laughs> and I've literally got the pastor of the church, Eden, and like this Josh guy that picks up drunk guys at 2 a.m. to share Jesus with him. Like, that's the table set up right here. It's like, this guy's going to get Jesus. Um, and he's like, you're drunk. I'm like, actually, yeah. Uh, we, we've got Jesus. He's like, Jesus, which one's that? I think, he, he, I think he thought it was like a new drug on the street. And I'm like, no, man, seriously, this thing, he gets you so high and it's free. And he's like, really? You know, and he starts, and I thought, oh, he's going to either take the mic or it's going to get out of hand here. But then he's like, tell me, tell me more or something. Like, I'm like, I'll tell you more. Here's the, here's the truth. Jesus Actually, he's like from Italy. So he starts saying, well, are you like the church people? I'm like, yeah, no, we're the Jesus people. Now, Jesus is in us right here. You know, we've got to share Jesus with him. He was so open. He says, like, you've given me a lot to think about. I'm like, yeah, and don't wait too long. Because you don't know what can happen. Time is short. Yeah. But you see, the reality is, wherever we are on mission, there's no stage, there's no platform there, there's nothing. It's just us at dinner, having a good dinner and saying, hey, we open, God. When the guy asks what drugs we use, we're ready to share the love of Jesus with them. Because we might be the last people he meets that can actually share the love of Christ with them. You might be the last person that someone ever meets on this planet, and you give them an opportunity to transform their lives. You know, I look at... Our family, I think, man, I'm praying for people to speak to my family across the world. You know, you might be the answer to a mother or a father's prayers for their child. Yeah. You. Are you going to allow fear to rob them of their destiny and the answer to what God's answering through you? Or are you just going to say, I'm conquering my fear in love? Because yeah. the Bible says perfect love drives out fear. Yeah. So what I've learned is when I'm afraid of sharing Jesus with someone, I need to pray, Lord, let me love them more than I fear them. That's the heart that we want to walk in. Amen. Come on, guys. 
We got this. We need a heartbeat of love for the lost. And you might be here. You might be lost. I don't, here's the deal. The love of Christ is after you. His love is so strong, so mighty. It's not a weak love. It's a love that is radical. Yeah. The reason we're doing this thing, the reason we're in this church is because of His love. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to count the cost, church, as we prepare for the purposes of God in our lives. But you know what I love about Jesus? And I know some of you are seeing that thinking. He just told me, if I don't hate my father or mother, my wife and children, my brothers and sisters, yes, my own life, I cannot be a disciple. What does that mean? I don't know anyone ever asked that question. I mean, that's one of them verses. You know. Surely not, Lord. Surely not. Here's the deal. Hate can be used in two ways. It's like either I hate something like sin. It's bad. There's no good in it. Or it can be a comparative thing that you, your love for Christ should be so far here that in comparison to that love, it's like hate. That it's so far above that. I'm like, this love is just so mighty, so strong, that the comparison of that is nothing. It's kind of like the love that I have for my daughter and my wife, it's just, it's just in a different league. Yeah. But my love for Christ should be even higher. Yeah. And what that means as well is I don't put my family before Him. I don't put my friendships before Him. I don't put my finances before Him. But I put Him first. Is that easy? No. (laughs) But what the calling of God is, is that's where freedom is. Because when you're on this thing and you look at your life and you say, man, we make idols of so many things in our lives and God wants us free. He wants us free. And when we were on that, uh, on Monday, I mean, I nearly, I nearly broke. Eden says I had a lot of energy. I mean, <coughs> I realized this when, when the Spirit of God is moving, yeah. But I, I got so emotional. I went for a run. I managed to get a little break. I'm running up this hill past this uh, random, it looks like a prison. It's actually the police station. Um, <laughs> and I'm running there, and I'm just nearly, you know, tears just start filling your eyes. I'm like in the middle of nowhere. Oh my goodness, I'm just going to break down and start sobbing here. What is going on to me? And you know what it was? It's just this, I can't even explain, like this supernatural love, just in the inner gut, just filling and saying, wow, the love that I have for that nation, for the people, for this church, for what we are doing here, it just overwhelmed me. And I realized, God, this is what I want to give my life to. I want to see lives touched with the love of Jesus, whatever the cost. Whatever the cost. And if that means breaking down in a northern Irish town, I don't care. Just fill me with love for people again. Yeah. Fill me with love even when people aren't loving. Even when people, we don't even like them as villain preach. It's like, fill me with love for them. Because Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.14, the love of Christ compels me. Yeah. That love should move us. Yeah. It should actually conquer every bit of fear <laughs> we have of people. I'm longing to walk in more of this and not to be a lover of my own self. If I, how many of you love your own lives? Let's be real. We, we love it. We're individualists. We're Western. Yeah. We love our, our, our space. We love our houses. We love, I, I mean, I'm wrestling with this thing. Lord, we need to open our lives here. 
this whole idea of just living in this westernized individualism where it's all about me, my, and I, and oh, I'll just do the church thing and tick the box on a Sunday and then go live my life the way I wanted to. That's not what yeah. we're talking about here. We're talking about a radical life that's so in love with Jesus that every day we wake up, we are, Lord, my goodness, how do you want me to follow you today? Because I know you died for so much more than just getting me into heaven. You died to bring heaven to earth, and yeah. I want to be a part of that story. Yeah. Yeah. I want my life to be a part of that story. And seeing Eden's growth, I was like, man, Lord, I want to see more stories growing like this. I want to lay down my life to see a generation coming through that we can shake this nation. Seriously. Thank you, Brad. You, I missed you in Ireland, man. <laughs> you know when you preach a bit of a tough one and it goes quiet and you don't have you. That's hard, bro. That's hard. I'm going to take you along on the next one. <laughs> Come on. But Philippians 2 talks about looking to the interests of others, not to your own interests only. When was the last time you actually think, thought about someone else other than yourself? When was the last time you thought about having a meal with someone that couldn't repay you for that meal? Yeah. When was the last time you said, hey, I'm going to bring someone that I just wouldn't rather associate with into my home? Yeah. We want to be a church at... <laughs> challenges you yeah you know on the on the friday we met with jason who you guys some of you have met a uh, great guy but he texts me about what 20 minutes before saying hi i hope you don't mind i have a homeless guy living with me and he's going to join us for lunch cool okay i mean how do you reply to that text no i'd rather not I mean, <laughs> come on you know and so we get that about there's going to be a story here tim knows this guy. there's going to be a story we sit down, he's, ah, Ben, I did not know what the guy was saying half the time because he's like that Northern Irish accent when it's fast. I was like, I don't know what's going on. But I got this part. He's from Hungary originally 20 years ago, went through the foster system, house after home after home after home, and really rough past, basically. And it got into drugs, got into fighting, violence. He had just been in prison for, I don't even know how long. I didn't understand. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's, I've seen that one. So we're with a Hungarian immigrant to Northern Ireland that's over 20 years. He's only like in his 20s. Um, fallen through all the benefit system gaps, every single gap you can imagine because he hasn't got settled status. And he comes along to the church. He gets born again, filled with the Spirit, and nowhere to stay. What happens? The pastor says, hey, come live with us. Yeah. And he's in their home. A co- just think about They have a 17-year-old son, an co- ex-convict who was going to court that day too after our lunch. <laughs> is at lunch with us with a broken arm from punching a wall. That is the Christianity I want to be a part of. (laughs) And I don't know about you, I can't just keep living a life of just this like safety Christianity where it's just like, hey, we're just going to live our comfortable little lives. What if there was someone in this church that needed help? Would you be open to say, I've got a spare room. I've got a spare bit of money. I've got this. Let's live a life that looks different. A life that inspires the world. When someone falls through every crack in the social system, there's a thing called the church that rises up and says, we'll take you. When everyone else won't, we will. That's the cost of following Christ. And guess what? It's awkward. uh, You're discipling someone who is from a broken past. Thank you, Jesus. We need our hearts to expand with this love. Come on. It's not possible to follow Philly without loving Philly. We need to get back to this love for people. And we cannot lose it. 
The heart of a follower is we need to carry our cross. He said, I need you to pick up your cross and follow me. What is a cross? Something that's painful. Last time I checked, the cross wasn't something that was pretty. It was something that was excruciating. And that is the love that God wants us to walk in. He wants us to pick up your calling. Everyone's like, I want to know my calling in Christ. I'm like, really? Really? You know that's such a foreign saying in the Bible? People are, I'm, I'm, uh, Dylan, can you pray for me so I find my calling? You know, the majority of the time in the New Testament that we see, it was a calling on a local church. And people, it, you don't see it in the book of Acts, like, hey, let me pray for my calling. It's praying, the church is on the move. How do we support what God's doing? Yeah. Yeah. What if we had that heart? Yeah. Where we all approach this thing and said, hey, how do I serve? Yeah. I've said there are people in this house that I love and I see them just saying, how can I get behind this thing? One of the chaps we met, he had given up his job, his career, because he drove past the church in Northern Ireland. He saw it. He, felt, he said, God, it's such a shame this church building's closed most of the days. And surely it should be open more. And God <coughs> spoke to him and said, you're the one to do that. And so he went and literally gave up his job, joined the church as a volunteer, no pay, to serve. And when I say serve, it's serve. Like putting up bouncy castles after youth on Friday night at like 10 o'clock at night. Don't ask me why they had a bouncy castle in the church. I'm like, this is cool. We jumped on it, but it's cool. Um, but he's putting those things up. And when I chatted to him, I'm like, Ian, tell me a story, man. He's got tats all over, wonderful guy. He's like, yeah, I was paramilitary back in the day, getting guns into Northern Ireland to fight the IRA. That's his background. And linked up with all, you know, taking people out, all that kind of stuff. Jesus comes into his heart, totally wrecks his heart through a tract. Yeah. Through a tract. And this guy's now the guy that's keeping the church open to reach young people because it was a young church. And they were praying. There's another pastor praying for a mother and father over the church to help the pastors who were younger, which we've been praying for, by the way, saying we need mothers and fathers in this house because we have a generation coming through that's fatherless and motherless yeah. and we need help. Yeah. So if you have the maturity to say, hey, how can I serve this upcoming generation? Here's the place. Yeah. And so he comes into this, I said, Ian, tell me your story. And your, his wife, Julie, is with him. And he's like, Dylan, I can't tell you time and time again, people would come up to me and they'd say, they'd be praying for their kid's school uniform and they'd arrive with 80 pounds and they'd give it to him, a random check to him, and he'd say, we'd get it, we'd go, the uniform would be 10 pounds and they'd need 10 pounds, uh, 70 pounds, 10 pounds for the other thing, the exact amount of money they needed. Yeah. And they've lived like that month after month after month. I'm not saying that's the way it should be, but my goodness, when you start hearing and seeing the stirring of the faith journeys of people, and I, I say this all the time, you need faith to start a business as much as you need to believe for that, but let's get those stories going. Yeah. Because we have a story God's writing in our yeah. generation and in this city, and I want to be a part of it. Yeah. Do you? Come on. Who are you following, really, truly? Are you actually following Christ, or are you just following BBC News and Sky News? You know, I turned Sky News on for five minutes. I hadn't watched it for like two weeks just to see what's going on. I'm like, this is such rubbish. I put the thing off. The fuel lines, I mean, we're in Ireland. Everyone's like, have you heard? <laughs> heard about what? There's no fuel in England. I'm like, why is there no fuel in England? What happened? We were just there on Thursday and then it's like, gone. What? what? And we're on the plane. We're like, what has happened to England? The Irish are always so chill. Oh, if we get to work, we get to work. You know, there's just no worries. We, you get here. Everyone's panicking. Why? 
Are we following the media or are we following Jesus? Yeah. Last time I checked, when you follow Jesus, you have peace. If you don't have peace, I'm asking you the question, who are you following? Yeah, Is this what you want to hear? You guys have gone quiet. <laughs> Am I too intense? <laughs> Welcome to True Life Church. Yeah. Don't worry, we'll get Willem up next week. Uh, actually, Eden, we'll get you up. Um, come on. Here's yeah, the thing. Because because when you follow Christ, you'll be put in some uncomfortable situations. And I know with Maya Grace, my beautiful daughter, who's asleep now, I think. But she just woke up on it. In Jesus' name, sleep. <laughs> but Maya Grace, she started this thing of like trying to climb up stuff. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Any parents in the room? But babies do this crazy thing. But what she's trying to do is like she'll be on the sofa and she'll just decide, I want to jump off the sofa. So, but head first. You know, that, where does that make logical sense? But when your baby's about to jump head first onto the floor and smash her head, what do I do? I'm like, yo, go for it. No, you don't do that. What I do is I grab her and sometimes she starts crying because she wants to jump off the sofa. I'm like, you crazy kid, what's wrong with you? Yeah, I'm like, chill. Shh, pumpkin, I've got you. Just, just trust me. And then she'll just, and then she'll try it again. I'm like, what's going on? How often in Christianity, the father spoke to me, he's like, he just gave me a revelation. Son, that's how sometimes you people act. Yeah. As my children. It's like I say, this is not good for you, and what do you do? You go and jump off, and when you don't get your way, and it goes wrong, you start crying and blaming me. Instead of trusting me and saying, I actually trust you as a good, good father, that when you call me to follow you, there's a reason for that. That at the end of this life is joy. Yeah. True joy is only found in Christ, not yeah. in anything else. Yeah. Not in a bank account, not in an amount of money. It's only in Jesus. Amen. And I'll call you to it and say, where's your joy? Because it's in following this call of Christ and laying our lives down and giving it up that we find our lives. Amen. Amen. Come on. This is good. My voice is going. When I say I haven't preached that much in a, uh, last weekend, I've not preached that much in a long time. But it was awesome. But my voice might go. So we got this. The cost that God's calling us to pay is He's the God who begins it and He ends the work in our lives. We just got to trust Him. And I'm calling us as a church to trust in God. Yeah. And what, what are you holding on to, honestly? Because there are some difficult times ahead of us as a church. There's some challenging times as we take this city. And I know the devil's going to do everything he can to stop us on this journey. <coughs> but I've been stirred and I'm saying, God, we need to dream bigger. Yeah. We need to think bigger. We need to think beyond ourselves and dream bigger. Mm -hmm. Because there's a generation that needs to hear the gospel. Yeah. And if you think they're just going to come waltzing into this building, it's not just going to happen that way. We need to think creatively and step out. And I'm, I'm challenging, I'm calling this young man here and saying, hey, what would it look like if you kick-started something? Yeah. What would it look like if you guys rose up and said, we're not just going to wait for this to happen, we're going to take the city. But, I, I, yeah, I'm so challenged. I'm so challenged. Yeah. What, one of the things that really challenged me, and I'm going to end here is um, seeing people being willing to lay down their lives for the church mm -hmm. and the call of Christ because they are so in love with Jesus. Yeah. 
It's not just about building a harp on a Sunday or a church. It's actually about connecting with Christ himself. Because that's going to outlive any church. Yeah? yeah? Relationships. And if we, if we miss this thing, I said to Daryl, the pastor, but hey, we are not just here for a temporary visit. We want to build for eternity. What does that look like? And I challenge you in your life, in your walk with Christ, do you want to get stuck into community or do you just want to live a temporal kind of, hey, I'll see you on a Sunday, shake and give you a hug. Or do you say, hey, I want to open my heart again. Yeah. I know people have been hurt. I know people carry deep scars from churches. Let's, let's just get real here. <laughs> oh man, let me get some water for this one. I might start getting passionate. Um, who's been offended by a church? Anyone? Beth, you had your hand up first. There we go. Let's just be real. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> who's been offended by this church? <laughs> Whoa, everyone! <laughs> My whole leadership team's like, <laughs> we're there. Let, let's be real. Have I offended you, Tim? Before? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I have. It must have been. But you, Willem, have I offended you? 100%. <laughs> Many times. Yeah, you, know, you know the beauty of this thing? Is that it, it's, offense is going to happen. Yeah. Any, yeah. any church you go to. They're, 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 I guarantee you... I, I kind of give you a promise in this house that you will have plenty of opportunities to be offended. Mm-hmm. This, if you know me well enough, you'll know I, I, sometimes I'm just going for it. But the difference that I, I pray in our hearts that we can live in is this healthy thing of saying, actually, Dil, you know, you know the way that, that went down? Um, that, that really hurt me, offended me here as well. And not this, yo, Eden, do you know what Dylan said? You know, oh my goodness, wow, and then Eden comes to Beth, and oh Beth, do you know what uh, Dylan taught, do, do you see how that, that thing starts? That thing will destroy this. Yeah. yeah the diff- that gossiping spirit needs to be destroyed. Amen. Yeah. But the offense that we carry is not an excuse to live in unforgiveness, because that will lock you up. Yeah. It, won't, it won't bond the other person, it will actually be a bondage to you. Yeah. I know this is painful, because I'll be real with you, I've been offended in church. I've been hurt by churches. But I made a decision a long time ago to say I will never allow that to keep me from his bride. And I remember one wise older lady said to me, she said, Dylan, hurt people hurt people. And a lot of the time when people are unhealthy, they carry that hurt, especially in a leadership setting. They can hurt and pour that hurt out on others without any thought of consequences or anything like that. Because we have this mindset that there's a pedestal and the pastor's sitting on the pedestal and he's the bee's knees and everything's, you know, around him. But I want to say, I'm off that pedestal and we are real in this house. Yeah. And I want to challenge you that we would walk in integrity and in realness and say, actually, we're not going to allow unforgiveness to rob us of our destiny. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was carrying such hurt for, I don't know why I'm speaking on this, but for one pastor, um, who I love dearly, but we went through some challenging times. And I remember the Lord challenging me at this cost of following Christ. And I just, I had to pick up the phone. It had been years. I'm talking five, six years. Picked up the phone. I thought, I'm just going to, you know, deal with this one. And I just started weeping on the phone. Because spiritual hurt can manifest so in such different areas of distrust, all that kind of thing. 
But what I saw is the power of God in that moment. I went and had tea with him in South Africa when I was back over. And it was just such an amazing time. Because God healed and restored. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say to any person here that's going through that, even in this church, is let us walk in that spirit of reconciliation, that spirit of love. Yeah. Because the world is looking at us and wondering, can I trust this place to walk in that integrity? Because we're not a perfect people. We've got Tim. <laughs> See, I'm giving the opportunity now. We are far from perfect, but we are people that are on a journey. And you, Eden, did you, I mean, it gets real. When we chat and that's, I, I'm an open book. You know, we share life together. That's the church I want to be part of. Yeah. Somewhere where we can see each other's faults and still love one another. Yeah. See each other's mess ups and still not define each other by those mess ups. Yeah. See each other's hiccups and say, hey, I love you. Yeah. I want to walk with you and I want to share Christ. And you know the test? Here's the test at a dinner table. Wow, Alice is such an amazing person. And Chloe's sitting there thinking, hmm, if they only knew. <laughs> Anyone been at a dinner table and someone started praising someone you've got an issue with? And everything within you wants to rise up and tell them exactly what you know about that person. Here's the deal. It's those moments where you go catch yourself and say, Lord, I don't want to operate from a place of hurt, but a place of love. Yeah, what yeah. would love do in this moment? And that's when you learn to praise someone who's even hurt you yeah. in an opportunity to bring them down. Yeah. That's the community I want to be a part of. Come on. That's the church we're building. Yeah. Worship team, would you guys come up just while I finish here? Because this will get me out. But I hope that you guys are stirred as much as I am on this series. Because getting back on mission, I won't lie, it's, it's been a total shift in my heart. Getting the big picture right again. Because yeah. so often in church life, it becomes about this, the small thing. Yeah. But actually getting this big picture of we are here with a purpose and a mission. And are we as friends going to be on this journey and say, actually, I'm willing to lay down my life. I'm willing to lay down my career. I'm willing to lay down my family for the sake of what God's calling us to. You know, I know Sheena, welcome, I'm just showing you a bit there, but Sheena is a good friend of my mom's, but she's been joining us online, you know, back in the first lockdown time, I think. Awesome. Working far away and all of that, but we've been, you know, when someone's getting reached and touched by God, that's what you guys have made possible. And so I want to encourage us that you're making a difference wherever you're at. Don't get discouraged in your journey. But, um, I just feel that God's wanting to take off some chains right now. I wasn't going to pray into this, but I feel that there's some chains that He's breaking. Um, oh, you're right there. Awesome. Becky's doing a good job, isn't she? Yeah. She's dominating the whole admin thing. Please check your emails, spam folder for Becky's emails, because they still go to mine, and I've reported not spam, but please do that. But um, I, I'm going to end here. Is one story here, and we're going to pray for you is next year we're going to be hosting a conference here and getting leaders and people that are connected from across the world here into Milton Keynes because we feel there's going to be an, a powerful thing happen in the city but we I, I felt the Lord just so stir up this thing of trusting him you might say didn't do that have to be a part no this is about a heart connection of just people that have connected with us across the world 
the Irish guys are like, we're there. The South African guys, they're bringing teams over. We're, we're just going to rock the city with Jesus. Yeah. And what I felt God say is, can you believe me, for, believe me to bring 25 nations into this city next year for our first one? Can you believe me to bring 100 nations into this city? And when God spoke to them, I'm like, I don't even know people in 25 nations. How's this going to happen? And then suddenly I'm meeting Daryl and he's like, oh, I've got guys in Latvia. And I'm like, oh, cool. That's amazing. You know people I don't. That's awesome. And suddenly I get a phone call from a friend in Vietnam who I haven't spoken to in years. And he's like, Dil, can we chat? I really need to chat. A friend I was at school with. And he said to me on the phone, he's like, Dil, I just want to thank you. You, you don't realize, but I came to Christ as a result, a lot of what your life counted for in school. And I'm in Vietnam, I'm like, bro, I didn't even know you were in the, are you in a church? He's like, yeah, we're going to church. And we started speaking, he texts me, like, can I contact you every now and again? Just to, like, bro, you're my mate, call me. Like, do it. But I said, we're doing this thing, come along. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't know anyone in Vietnam until I started speaking to Todd. And here's the deal. God, you guys know people, I don't. I want to encourage you, get stirred, because this is going to be a defining moment for our church's history, yeah. but also for the city's history. Because the people that God's going to bring here are going to shake this nation, yeah. and we're going to see people sent out from this place into all nations of the earth with the power of the Spirit. That's what I'm believing God for, that we'll see churches planted on the back end of this. This time next year, we're going to be seeing an outpouring of His Spirit right here, right now. Yeah. And I already feel that we're going to see songs written for nations from this house. And we're going to bring the top worship leaders from across the world to write songs and make history right here. That's what I'm believing God for. You know, Dylan, how are we going to do this? God's in it. He does it. But we're going to lay down our lives for this thing. So can we stand? And I want to pray over you guys. Come on. Can feel the worship team just ready to go. It's like, hey, we're going. And can everyone come bowling after this? I don't want any excuses. <laughs> Count the cost. No. But come along. We're going to pray and see the power of God. Love you guys, eh? Thanks for coming. Let's, let's do this thing. So, Father, can we just lift up our hands? If you're comfortable, even if you're not, just hold them out. Father God, I pray that you'd put dreams in hearts again. I pray, Father God, where there is hurt, where there's offense, where there's unforgiveness, as Tim spoke earlier, I just pray for freedom in Jesus' name. I pray, Father God, grip our hearts with a love that overwhelms that, Lord. Lord, would we be willing to hate our own lives in comparison with our love for you? I pray, Father God, stir up such a passion of love to see this nation touched. Father, every hand raised, I pray for an anointing, that same electricity that came from heaven on a bench in the middle of Ireland. We pray, Father, for that now. I pray, Lord, just release your power into every heart. Release your fire into every heart Jesus we ask for your anointing now the Spirit of God would come down upon every hand raised Lord let the glory of God just come and touch hearts now Jesus we ask for you where there's extreme I just feel like for someone in particular there's like this deep-rooted hurt and pain that God's just lifting right now And he's saying, I'm replacing that with my glory. I'm replacing that with my love. Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do. Jesus, 
Jesus, Jesus. Holy Spirit, more Lord, more Lord. Let that fire come, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. More Lord, Jesus. Come on, Father, come on. Wherever you're at, if you have your hands raised, just, just start calling out to the Lord and saying, Lord, just touch me with your power. Touch me with your power. Let's just call out to the Lord. As in the book of Acts, they prayed and then the Holy Spirit came. They prayed and then the Holy Spirit came. So, Father, we lift up our voices to you. And we pray, let us hunger for you, Lord. Let us thirst for you, God. Let the Spirit of God move. Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do. Jesus, Salah. Oh, no.